Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to our first bonus episode of 2019. My name is Craig Fields. And I'm David Long. And we're going to take a look back at some of the best films we've seen in 2018. It's around 140 films later, an average of 280 hours has been spent in the cinema, 25 episodes, two people, one year. And here we are with our year in review. It's been a really wonderful year, not least for us. You might have realised by now we're very passionate about cinema and film. And this show started as a hobby and has evolved into something so much more. So before we get into this episode, we'd like to thank our friends over at Cineworld Hemel Hempstead. Your continued support over the last year has helped us bring this show to all of our listeners. Thank you very much to Richard, whose artistry is seen by all of you as you download each episode each week. And the year has passed and new artwork emerges and I am bald. (laughs) And that (laughs) had to be reflected. David, you believe that I now look like Eddie Marzan. And I think I'm okay with that. Yes, uh, I was actually looking back at some photos of us last Christmas where you had a wonderful thatch of hair, how times have changed. But if you don't know who Eddie Marzan is, he's a fantastic actor. We've seen him in a few films this year. Google him, then look at our new artwork. Craig is Eddie Marzan. <laughs> also, yeah, sorry, Craig. Uh, I'd, I would personally like to thank all of our listeners uh, for their wonderful support throughout the year. Obviously, our great friends at Cineworld, Hemel Hempstead as well. Do please keep in contact with us via Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Email us. Uh, tell your friends about the podcast as we move forward into 2019. Uh, we love hearing from you. Uh, you know, you, the listeners, make the show what it is. Um, you know, it has been a great year of cinema, but it's also been a year where we've had some Absolute howlers as well. Uh, for me personally, the, the three worst films of the year were Peter Rabbit, Winchester uh, and Insidious The Last Key. Uh, hopefully no more keys this year. Um, <laughs> and compare that to films like Three Billboards, uh, A Star Is Born and Hereditary, um, which in my opinion are, th- are three of the best films uh, so far this year or last year. Sorry. <laughs> well, yeah, it is now 2019. So it's now our turn to present to you the listeners our top 10 films of 2018. There's the drum roll again. So let's start off our top 10 films of 2018 with number 10. David, what's your number 10? So, Craig, at number 10, I'm going for the film You Were Never Really Here. It was directed by Lynn Ramsey and uh, starred Joaquin Phoenix. Um, This actually received a seven-minute standing ovation at the Cannes Film Festival. Um, Got great reviews, uh, particularly Joaquin Phoenix, uh, Lynn Ramsey's direction, and also the musical score. The the score was by Johnny Greenwood, and I think it's actually the best soundtrack of the year by a country mile. Great acting, very unique in style, um, and just a really brilliant film mm. uh, in, in, in quite a strange and bizarre way. So it's about a traumatised war veteran um, and his 
sort of vendetta really to to save a young girl um but it's just a brilliant film it's it's very unique and very different and it's it's one of the few films where it's jaw-droppingly beautiful at times some of the uh you know visual uh effects in the film the way it's shot and with that score um, I just remember leaving the cinema being being blown away by it. If you haven't seen You Were Never Really Here, uh, I thoroughly recommend it. Uh, di- directed by Lynn Ramsey, starring Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, number 10 for me, You Were Never Really Here. Yeah, so that does feature in my top 10. I'm not going to say where yet, but uh, for all the reasons that you've just said, mm. it pretty much will will be there for me. Uh, so my number 10 is Isle of Dogs. So this came out in March 2018, uh, directed by Wes Anderson. And of course, Wes Anderson, uh, one of our favourite directors between mm. us two, um, some great films that he's presented. And, and and this year, Isle of Dogs was one of them. And a really unique stop-motion animation film. Um, I actually went to um, a, a museum that was putting on a, um, a little sneak peek as to how it was made and all of the uh, different um, dolls and and uh, animation pieces that were in uh, the film and you got to see how they made the made the film and it's um, a really unique piece in terms of how all the the hair on the, on the dogs were animated individually to make it look like it was it was blowing in the wind and that really gave it a very unique style um and and i really just loved the story as well um i don't know if this features in your top 10 does it no it doesn't uh, i really enjoyed this you, you know i love wes anderson grand budapest hotel for example is mm. one of one of my favorite films um yeah it was great you know uh that very unique Wes Anderson style, very snappy. Um, the film sort of broken down into different segments, but it flowed really well and very funny. Mm, it'd um, be very, very, you know, funny. some really good laugh out loud moments. But unfortunately for me, it wasn't quite as good as uh, Grand Budapest Hotel, and therefore it doesn't get into my top ten. But uh, well worthy of of any top ten. I wouldn't argue with with you there on that one. I mean, it was difficult because I was gonna I was considering Spider Man into the Spider Verse, um, which in mm. incidentally is also up for the Golden Globe for best animated feature film, which is also Isle of Dogs is up for as well. Um, and I I re I went for Isle of Dogs because it really did. I felt a bit more of an emotional connection with that with that film because I have dogs. I like I like dogs, mm. and and Spider Man was fantastic. Don't get me wrong, and I actually think it might win the best animated feature, but not sure it made it into my top ten. Yeah, it'll be yeah, number in ter- eleven in terms of Spider Man into the Spidey Verse. I thought it was superb. Uh, I was going into into that film expecting to really dislike it, but mm. quite the opposite. Um, well worthy of a Golden Globe nomination. And yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it was to pick up the prize. Uh, moving on to number nine, I've just seen, because we haven't actually compared lists, that we've both got the same film at number nine, which Have is we? rather mm. spooky. Uh, and it is Black Klansman, um, directed by Spike Lee. Uh, it's been nominated for four Golden Globes, including Best Motion Picture Drama. Um and you know, I I think this this is well worth being in in any top ten, uh, and it will be nominated for uh, an Oscar as well. I believe it'll be nominated for Best Picture, and rightly so. Mm. This film was very very solid. Um, not not disappointing, but 
not as good as I was expecting, but very, very solid nonetheless. Why does it therefore come in at number nine? Simply because of the ending. That ending was so hard hit. This ending was an absolute powerhouse ending. I have never been impacted by a a film ending as much as I was with this. So like I said, the the whole film is solid. It's very good. You know, it's, it's worthy of being nominated for Golden Globes and Oscars. But then that ending just takes this film to a whole new stratosphere. Obviously, um, racism in America, racial tension, you know, with, with, Barack Obama being replaced by Donald Trump is is more poignant now than ever. And this film doesn't, you know, it's not worried about ruffling a few feathers. The ending is real. I, I'm not going to say actually anything about the ending. You need to watch this film, but yeah. it's, it, it blew me away. Um, I think the whole film is, is very well shot. Um, it's got a fantastic script. It's very well acted. Um, and it probably would have come into, into my top 10 anyway. Um, but the ending, the ending was so powerful, and therefore I I command our our listeners to to, to view this film. It's <laughs> it's it's very powerful. Yeah, Spike Lee's done a, an amazing job putting this film together, and and as you say, that ending is just so powerful, mm. and and the, and the film's so poignant. So that yeah, that's why it's uh, in my top ten at number nine as well. It not quite perfect. Yeah, you know, solid all the way through, mm. and that ending just makes it you know if that didn't have that ending it wouldn't be in my top 10 yeah i know i i understand that yeah um and and yeah just a very obviously you know intriguing story as well about you know a black man infiltrating and actually gaining membership into the clan um and Spike Lee does a great job of adding quite a lot of comic relief as well into the film yeah um which obviously tackles some pretty hef hef <clears throat> heavy sublimey what on earth happened there um some pretty heavy subject matter uh so both me and craig spookily agree that black clansman comes in at number nine moving on number eight do you want to move on or or shall we um entertain the idea of having a look back at something that you found interesting in 2018 yeah, so we can do that quickly. For for me, the highlight of 2018 has to be the never-ending summer. Um, I had a great <laughs> summer. Um, it was it was hot. It was dry. You know, the country turned into the Sahara Desert. You know, satellite images from space. Um, England changed from green and pleasant pastures to um, a, a tinge of yellow. Um, but a wonderful summer um, where I you know I, I enjoyed the weather and obviously the World Cup as well. Uh, Hard to look back on that because I really still believe that England had a great chance um, of of winning the World Cup, and you know the whole country believed it was coming home. And congratulations to Gareth Southgate on on being awarded an OBE. Um, and I'm I'm very hopeful moving forward into 2020 next year as the Euros do actually come home. The European Championship semi-finals and final will be at Wembley. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't realise so that. So both semi-finals and the final will be at Wembley. So if we can get to the semis, we will be at basically playing at home. Obviously, it won't be a home game. The The crowd will be divided equal number mm. of, of, of fans. Well, actually, I mean, Wembley holds 90,000. There'll probably be 20,000 fans and then you know 40 odd thousand dignitaries and people in suits you know what Wembley's like so it's coming home I believe 2020 is it is coming home so yeah for me it was the summer of sport um wonderful weather and also uh, my horse uh, <laughs> yes get, uh, get away Trump so I brought shares in a racehorse for myself and my dad last Christmas 
Um, we were excited. Uh, you know, we were hopeful that he'd be he'd be a nice horse and that he'd run some good races. But our expectations have been blown away. Um, he's won two races. He came second in the Challow Hurdle. He's off to the Cheltenham Festival. He's a wonderful horse. Um, you are so proud of this horse. I, you I, literally do not stop talking about. You know, this horse. I, I I love him. I've I've been to his stable um, and met him and patted him and. Uh, He's he's called Getaway Trump. Um, his dad was uh, a sire called called Getaway, um, and he he was called Getaway Trump. And they actually at the stable, his nickname is Donald, um, <laughs> obviously because of his name. So um, when I when I said to him, I think I've shown you the video. Hello, Donald, and he actually nods his head, uh, very cute. But yeah, for me, just a great summer of sport. Uh, what about yourself? Well, as you say, a great summer of sport. We do, I really did enjoy actually watching the World Cup. Um, I was on a, a, a fair few shoots over that that time, and uh, and we we put the, uh, the 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 TV on with all the football playing, and uh, barbecues were ensuing. Mm. The, the heat was unbearable at the time as well, um, and as you say, the the grass was just a, a horrible tinge of yellow. But actually, that was quite cool because there was an article that I saw where it revealed many archaeological finds. Because, yes, which yeah. was really interesting um, and and really cool. Uh, made me want to go out and fly my drone, but um, I didn't. Um, which I should have done, but I was too busy, too busy doing this and mm. other stuff. I've actually got um, a photo album called "The Summer of 2018," and it is a lot of photos, photographs of grass. Um, it sort of makes what do you me mean on your phone yeah, things that you've it, taken it, ma- it makes me wonder what on earth I was actually doing with my time but um, just sort of wandering around photographing grass I got quite fascinated with by, grass with, but do you know grass, grass is an incredible plant it's the most versatile plant on the planet you can burn it scorch it uh, and it will come back hmm interesting David Attenborough Planet Earth 2 one of the episodes is called Grasslands watch it it's brilliant Okay. So if, like me, you have a fascination with grass, um, no, what a plant. <laughs> it is a very hardy plant. I'll it's a very, very hardy plant. Uh, anyway. Go on. A, give me your number, Eddie. That's David. enough about grass. Um, <clears throat> number eight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for me, hereditary. Um, and I'll tell you why. It's brilliant. Uh, I can't agree with you. No, no, no. So... Firstly, let me say the ending is 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 ridiculous. There is no doubt that the ending of the film. Uh, I spoke to my brother about this when he watched it with his girlfriend. Again, shocked, disturbed, horrified. The ending, people laughed in my in my screening. Again, people laughed. The ending was very disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, however, ninety five percent of this film was superb. Uh, Tony Collette uh, and Millie Shapiro, I think, were both brilliant in it. Millie Shapiro's the the young girl in it, and obviously Tony Collette played the mum. Yep. Uh, I still think she has an opportunity or a chance of uh, being nominated for an Oscar. Um, she won't win because Lady Gaga is going to win, but I think she has a chance. Uh, I thought her performance was brilliant. I love the way the film was shot. So, you know, we we started with that camera zooming in on the doll's house, if you remember. Yeah. And then the doll's house becomes the house. There was a lot of unique um, camera, camera angles as well. You know what? Um, it, so th- it is brilliant. Mm. It is brilliant. But like Black Klansman, where the ending brought the film up yeah. to be in my top 10, the ending of Hereditary made it so disappointing mm. from what was a fantastic film um, to not being in my top 10. It, if I had a top 20, it would be in there. Mm. 
but it was just unfortunate that ending but, just ruined the I mean, film if we had a top 140, they'd all be in there. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've got, well, it's over 140 films yeah. we've seen, isn't it? But, no, yeah. but for me, the, it it was disturbing. I'm not going to say anything about what actually happened, but there is one particular scene that is probably the most chilling and harrowing thing I've ever seen in a cinema. God, it's, yeah. It's very, it takes you by surprise. It shocks you. The whole film is just a psychological mind penetration um <laughs> well done yeah I, I got out of jail there i think um it, it, it you know it, it's just very very horrible mm. um and scary and, and slightly awkward and you and you almost don't want to watch it. it 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 was very difficult and for that i commend it the ending is ludicrous but i'm still convinced that actually without giving too much away about the plot the ending actually wasn't the ending so uh, there could be another uh, uh, one, a sequel. I am sort. almost certain that there's going to be a sequel, and the, the sequel will start with a with a twist that will actually show what happened at the end didn't actually happen. Um, and for those of you who have seen the film, well, you're will... hoping that it will happen to redeem itself. Yes, and I, and look, I mean, if they if they, I mean, how many uh, Insidious films have we had? Four, five? Too many. Too many. Uh, although I watched the first Insidious and the second Insidious again, brilliant films, great job. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, I would like to see a Hereditary too because I think there's plenty. I, you know what? I'd like to see yeah. a Hereditary too. And also, part of me wants them to redeem that farcical ending. Yeah, but nonetheless, for 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 the horrific nature of the film for the brilliant acting performances hereditary comes in at number eight for me number eight is something you're going to highly disagree with it's the shape of water now i had toyed with number eight being uh three billboards for me and the shape of water and i hope three billboards is in here uh it's not i i i well uh ladies and gentlemen the podcast is now over (laughs) no i i reserved the Shape of Water and Free Billboards to be in this this slot here, number eight, because it was something... The films came out very early in the year and they both came out next to each other and it felt, it felt like those two films were battling each other at the beginning of the year for the Oscars um, and and for my... almost my approval now for, for, for number eight. And um, I really love The Shape of Water. Golmero del Toro is a fantastic director. Pan's Labyrinth was one of my favourite films by Golmero. Uh, and The Shape of Water is a more commercial piece, um, but it's so well done. Uh, the, the the soundtrack is 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 brilliant. Um, the the acting is fantastic. The the mise en scène, the the settings of which it, which it's all set in, was perfectly done. The cinematography was was perfect. Um, it is a film about where a woman falls in love with a fish man, yes. But if you can get <laughs> over that, which I don't think you can, no. it's a beautiful, romantic, lovely, lovely piece. And it mm. did win Best Picture at the Oscars. Which was a disgrace. <laughs> um, look, the, fir- the first time I saw this film, I'm not going to lie, I-, I hated it. Mm. Um, I thought it was absolute tosh. Um, beautifully shot tosh. Well acted tosh. Tosh, nonetheless. Mm. I revisited it um, and I tried to take my cynical goggles off and 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 be immersed into this fantasy world where women can fall in love with fishmen. <laughs> uh, and on a second viewing, yes, I enjoyed it somewhat more. You know, there is some brilliant acting performances and it, it, it is very well shot, but I, I, I still couldn't. The problem is, if if you have a fantasy film, I can get into that. Harry Potter, um, 
you know, I, I can dive right into that. When you start to merge hardcore reality with fantasy, I struggle because it is fundamentally a drama. It's a it's a it's a yeah. drama film romance. Um, and and I, and I just couldn't get into it. I was mortified that this won Best Picture at, at the Oscars um, because I, I simply thought Three Billboards was just better. Um, but number eight, I, I I knew it would be in your top ten, so I'm, I'm quite pleased that it it only sneaks in at number eight. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't put it number one because you would be fuming. Well, you know, you might. It's it's it's, it's your opinion. Your opinion is wrong, but um, you're <laughs> entitled to it. Anyway, uh, number seven for me, um, a film that some people might be surprised uh, comes in at number seven, but it's mm. the wife for me. Um, oh, good choice, starring. Um, Glenn Close and Jonathan Price, and the reason this film comes in at number seven is simply because it is th- one of the best films of the year for acting performances. Glenn Close and uh, Jonathan Price are sensational, mm-hmm. uh, particularly Glenn Close. Um, I-, I think she's in a in a in a two horse race with Lady Gaga to to win uh, Best Actress at the Oscars. I still think Lady Gaga will win, but Glenn Close will definitely be nominated, and rightly so. She is the glue that holds this film together. She gives such an in-depth performance. I've only seen this film once and I really want to see it again, but she's just sensational and the script is great because in terms of plot, um, not actually a lot happens in the film. And when you have a film, you know, of this style, that's not very plot heavy and there's certainly no action, you know, there's no guns or, or anything like that. It's it's a gritty drama. It's held together by two fantastic lead performances. Um and I and I just really enjoyed it. And and I think that old school drama like this with good script and and good leads deserves to be recognised. And it's oh, yeah. a film that um will go under the radar. Uh, and I think that's a shame. If you haven't seen The Wife, I really would recommend it. Yeah, no, um, it's it's a fantastic film. I have to agree with you. Actually, the The Wife is fantastic, and you know what? I like the fact that you've gone for different films to what I have because I think mm. that <clears throat> obviously it's personal preference in terms of what what films that we enjoyed the most. Um, but I actually really like The Wife. Mm. Um, it's not generally. I think it's quite clear that you like a lot more dramas than I do yeah. in terms of like hard-hitting dramas or, or or like the wife a bit more of a scripted drama yeah um and 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 but i i can see the merits in in the wife very much so and i really did enjoy it myself mm. and and christian slater was a really great supporting antagonist character within the film wasn't too overstated wasn't mm. too all over the place he was really good as well jonathan price was well, he's great in a lot of things actually yeah he's uh, and, and glenn close as you say is is you know what she, if she doesn't get recognised at the Oscars, she, at least nominated. Oh, she will be nominated. I'm really, no I really hope so because no I think it was a real fine performance from her. Real, real fine. Um, so that was your number seven. So my number seven is our good friend Sev Ohanian's film Searching, uh, directed by Anish Chaganti. Um, we really, really loved mm. this film when this came out. Um, we got to see it early with the Cineworld Unlimited card, and from that. Uh, we were able to speak to Sev Ohanian um, in regards to to how the film was made, how he came about writing it, how he worked mm. with with Anish, and that episode um, was a really really great episode, and we got a real good insight into into searching, and I think that made me love the film even more. Do you know what that 
it, from a podcast perspective, that's my highlight of 2018. Mm. Uh, I remember we we called Sev in in LA, uh, and and before we started the recording, we had a little chat, and 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 um, Craig was like, uh, so I think Sev said to to Craig, "Oh, how, how long do you think the interview will be?" In my head, I was thinking Craig's going to say five, ten minutes. He went about forty five minutes, and Sev was like, "Yeah, that's great." I thought, bloody hell, you know, and and we did. We spoke to him for about 35, 40 minutes, yeah. and it was it was fantastic. Um, and and Sev actually tweeted us because he he somehow managed to listen to our podcast and hear our review and was like, thanks for the great review. Um, but 100% agree, searching. Mm. Um, it's, it's such an interesting film in terms of how it was made, how it's viewed on the big screen. Uh, it all takes place on on a computer screen. And this isn't you, this isn't new. Mm. Uh, we have Unfriended, which um, the, which was one of the first films that did that. But this was done in such a, a unique a unique way in terms of how everything was created from scratch. So it mm. wasn't screencasted. So it wasn't recording the screen. Every little piece and element of the operating system was created in Photoshop and then animated. And the film, so the actual uh, video parts of the film were shot on GoPros. Um, and then placed in the in the boxes for i i uh, for i for for FaceTime yeah. or Skype or whatever the the software was being used, and that gave a much higher resolution image, and gave gave uh, a niche an ability to zoom in on things mm. um, and and build a real emotional connection. And I think it was superbly executed. There's so many little uh, uh, um, Easter eggs in the film as well. So if you watch the film. There's there's hundreds of Easter eggs. Um, <laughs> Where's I, this analogy going? But there's no there's no analogy. I mean, the Easter eggs are are little things that that are are, are really great that Sev has put in throughout mm. the film. Anisha's put in throughout the film. Films that they love. Um, other films that they're, they're calling back yeah. to. Um, and and there's literally websites that are popping up where people have put every single Easter egg that's in the film, and it's a really really quite fun to watch. Um, and yeah, it's a great film. Really great. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say about that it is actually in my top 10. And we'll get onto that later. When I saw the trailer for Searching, uh, I was really worried that it was just going to be a film where, because it was the, the way it was filmed through a computer screen, I thought as an audience, we're going to be totally detached from these characters. They're going to be very unlikable, very mm. difficult to, to get an emotional connection with them. But five minutes in that, fear was blown away with this fantastic opening scene where we see um one of the characters on his computer looking through photo albums and we see his daughter growing up his relationship with mm. his wife and in in about four or five minutes we not only know this family's history we actually have a, an incredible connection yeah. with them and that takes brilliant direction and but, it, it set the film up perfectly but it was also using windows xp so it really put you in Back. the era yeah, that yeah, it was set in for that, for that part, and then jumping forward to a more modern OS. Mm. Brilliant. Really clever. Really clever. So, number six. Number six. Uh, as Craig has said, uh, I do like my gritty dramas. I know some people go to the cinema to escape and, you know, see fantasies and actions and horrors. I like a good, gritty drama where you don't take popcorn and you don't take fizzy pop. You take mm. a cheese board <laughs> oh, and, <God. laughs> and maybe a... a uh, half a pint of stout or well, not uh, not for you not for me but or or port you know something rich and, and meaty uh, and that is exactly what number 6 is journey's end um it's a film based on the play by rc sheriff uh, asa butterfield sam cleflin and paul bettany starring in this um drama and it's and it's superb it's 
in many ways, the complete opposite of what people expect from a war film. So think of some of the, the you know, the, the war films that might spring to mind immediately. So, you know, Saving Private Ryan, uh, Pearl Harbor, for example, and more recently, Dunkirk. These are films with, you know, they need to be seen on IMAX and they need surround sound and you mm-hmm. need special effects. And here's people being blown up and here's people being shot and here's explosions and war is, you know dangerous and deadly and horrible and we're going to show you how horrible it is by people losing arms and legs and that is powerful and you know saving private ryan that opening scene is still one of the best opening scenes of any film ever but there is a different side to war the impact that war has on a man's soul on a man's mental health and that's what this film does and it does so well we i don't believe we really see any fighting at all in this film and that's the point we see these men in these horrific conditions in the trenches because trench warfare was not only dangerous it was soul destroying you know if you weren't being shot at your your you know you you had trench foot and if you didn't have trench foot you had hypothermia there was nothing to eat there was rats everywhere um it it was just horrifying conditions and this is only a you know a hundred years ago um it's it's not that long ago and i just think this film it's a british film Dives right into it. I think all, all the acting's great. It's got a superb soundtrack as well. Behind, um, you were never really here. I think Journey's End uh, it has a stringed soundtracks, so sort of violins and stuff like that. It's very yeah, chilling, very, very eerie. Uh, it's currently available on Netflix. Um, so if you haven't seen Journey's End, I think it's a must-watch. Don't expect action. Don't expect drama. Don't expect a traditional war film. Do expect an emotional uh, powerhouse film with some brilliant acting. Um, and yeah, 2018 marked uh, 100 years since the end of the First World War. We shouldn't forget um, the sacrifices that were made on all sides, in fact, uh, in that war. Watch Journey's End, available on Netflix. That's number six for me. That's that's a really good choice, actually. And I I I kind of forgot about it because we watched it so long ago. But I kind of wish I'd put that in my top 10 and it would just be outside my top 10. Mm. Um, we both loved it. Yeah. I mean, I kind of feel like maybe, I don't know if you've got what I've got in number six in your top 10 at all. Have, can you see what it is? No. So again, I feel like we share yeah. number six with each other. We can, mm. you know, I'd have your number six as well. Yeah. And I think you'd have my number six at number six as well. So at some point. Mm. Um, so my number six is the rider. Um, so this, this was such a unique film in the sense that the director, Chloe Zaho, uh, I think I've said that right. Um, she actually got the person that the film was based upon and got him to play himself yeah. in a dramatised version of what happened to him. And this, this I was very unique in that sense. And it could have gone completely the wrong way but he was fantastic mm. um that i mean all of the cast were really good and it was it takes such a great director to be able to pull that together and you know it it really was beautifully shot the the score was great it was a very different western cowboy sort of film that you know very dramatic mm. um and very real um, and and for that reason, I really, really loved it. And I think you probably liked it, actually, mm. a bit more than I did when we first watched it. Um, what did you think? I mean, the, it, it isn't in my top 10, but uh, I certainly wouldn't argue with it with it being in yours. It, it was a brilliant film that manages to tell a true story, a dramatised version of it, with the actual people the story's about. Hmm. 
but the, but the, the most bizarre thing is is that their acting is superb. Like it it's it's in some ways people might say, well, they're just playing themselves, but actually playing yourself is one of the hardest things to do because you're acting, but you're not acting, and there's cameras there, and it's very difficult, and it's brilliant. Um, obviously, you know, having me mention my racehorse, I love, I love horses, um, but horse horse riding. I mean, they're rodeo riders, which is pretty mm. insane. Is dangerous, you know. One fall, uh, get a kick from a horse, you know, your life can be over. And this, and this looks at what it means to be a cowboy who can't ride. He is a cowboy. That he's that is his identity. He has this terrible brain injury. Doctors say you can never ride again, um, and his his life's his life's in tatters. And he and he has to think. Well, do I not ride and fundamentally not live, or do I get back on the horse, enjoy my life, and risk and risk losing it? It's a brilliant film. Um, again, it's it, it holds a sneak chance of being nominated for an Oscar. Um, Ten films get nominated. There is going to be one film, um, you know, a hereditary, a quiet place, the rider, one of those films that is 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 not, you know, your cliche Oscar nomination. And this is one of the ones that, that sneak it in that could sneak in there. You know, yeah. the, the Academy now nominates ten films. Uh, I, I'm delighted you've put it in there. Um, it brilliant, brilliant film, well worth watching. Uh, so number five, David. Number five uh, for me is searching. Um, not going to say a huge amount about it because I think we we discussed it um, enough when when Craig put it in. But well worth being in any top ten. Um, unique in style, brilliant acting performances, uh, and just a damn good film. Uh, it takes a very hard concept of 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 you're sitting in a cinema watching everything unfold on a computer screen and through CCTV cameras and you almost feel like a fly on the wall, but you're a fly that's absolutely gripped by what's in front of it. And emotionally connected. And emotionally connected. And that was my biggest fear about this film. There would be no emotional connection and it would be boring. But there is huge emotional connection and not only is it not boring, it's riveting. It's quite thrilling, actually. Um, If you haven't seen Searching, I thoroughly recommend watching it. It's undoubtedly one of the best films of 2018. From from here on in, my top five now could almost be in any order. Mm. Um, Make your mind up, man. I, I really, it was really, really hard from here. So number five for me was Leave No Trace. Uh, Deborah Granick directed um, Ben Foster and Thomas McKenzie, who I think she's a newcomer to to, to the movie industry. Um, and it's about a father and daughter who live in this perfect, mysterious existence in the forest park. Um, and uh, after a silly mistake, um, they are revealed to be living there, um, living off the land. And it t- sends them on this erratic journey um, to to find a place that they, they call home. But um, I, I, it's one of those films that they show the action and they show what's going on rather than saying it. Mm. And it's done in such a brilliant way. It's so beautifully shot um, and it's so gripping. And, and, and some, some of the best performances of the year was in this film, I think. Um, And I don't know, I don't know if it's going to get recognized at at the Oscars um, at all. Um, But I mean, it goes to show hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, It's, it's a brilliant, brilliant film. And, I, I I just really loved it, and I've seen it twice now. And yeah, I, my opinion of it is that it's it's a highly 
rated film of 2018 and it deserves to be in this top 10 and it deserves to probably to be higher to be honest with you but um as i said five four three two and one they are all interchangeable i think mm. yeah it was a fantastic film um i don't i don't think i enjoyed it as much as you did but i do need to see it again brilliant acting wonderfully shot and you said you know i'd you'd like to see it uh recognized at the uh at the academy awards well let me tell you this if roma is is a potential Oscar winner? Then then this sh- should be in there because this mm. is ten times the film that Roma is. Yeah. Um. Those of you who have listened to Week Twenty Five will hear my opinions on Roma. Um. But this is far better than Roma in both style in in, in terms of entertainment, in terms of concept. Um. So yeah. Uh. For me, it's not in my top ten, but I I cannot argue with you. It's it's a film well worthy of of being in yours. Um. Number four. Did you do number five? Yeah, Searching. Oh, right, okay. So number four, yeah, go on, number four for you. For me. Um, this is my surprise film of the year. Um, for me, number four is Love, Simon. Um, I, I remember, actually, when, when we re- reviewed this film, Craig was shaking and sweating with <laughs> terrified um, because I watched this film on my own and I went into this film expecting to hate it. Uh, I did not like the trailer at all. Um, it's a film about a young man. Uh, I'm not quite sure if he's uh, still a teenager. I believe he is. Um, I haven't seen it for a while, but a young teenager who who is gay and he's coming to terms with that. Um, and this is revealed in a way that is very brutal for him and his family. Uh, it, it gets un, you know unveiled on social media, um, and he has to come to terms with with being gay and everyone knowing that he's gay. Um, and my main concern about this film was it was going to be really preachy. It was going to be, this is Simon. Simon is gay. You must accept Simon. Simon is equal, which of course I agree with, but I was expecting to be preached at. Mm. Whereas actually I wasn't. What this film did is it was a traditional and brilliantly made rom-com, except instead of being about a heterosexual boy, it was about a gay boy. Um, and that was that was brilliant. It was done so subtly. So we got to know Simon for being Simon. They developed his character. The more we got to know him, we actually got to love Simon. That's that's the name of the film. Makes so much sense. You start to love the character of Simon. Then we realise Simon's gay, and actually, it doesn't matter. It's obviously of huge importance, but at the same time, it's completely irrelevant. And getting that yep. balance right was so good. The film wasn't preachy. It was moving it was funny it was well acted nick robinson does a great uh performance in it 92 percent on rotten tomatoes um but unfortunately it's a film that somehow has gone under the radar um you know it's got great re- reception from the audience and in many ways a reasonable reception from the critics but this is the sort of film that i think people should really be talking about the subject matter it deals with and the way it deals with it is perfect i could i cannot recommend this film enough um, I thought I just thought it was great. Have you watched the DVD that I bought you? Uh, I haven't. I haven't rewatched it. Um, so you haven't unwrapped it yet. Uh, it's cellophane. I, it may well have the cellophane on, um, <laughs> but I'm I'm saving it. Look, this was a film I was expecting to despise, mm. and um, I thought you had despised it. No, it was it was brilliant. Um, you know, I I cannot recommend it enough. For me, Love Simon number four. Um, and the only reason it's not higher is because the three films above it are sensational. 
So number four for me, on the 5th of October 2018, A Star Is Born was uh, released. And uh, wow, Bradley Cooper, Lady Gaga in in an absolutely phenomenal film. I think my words didn't even come out properly there, but it was an absolutely amazing film. Um, I, I, I think you've got this higher up, haven't you? Mm. So I think maybe we'll talk about it properly when we get to your your take on the film. Um, so number three, David, what have you got on number three? Oh, you you jumping? I am, because I think we'll discuss A Star Is Born a bit later so, on. So uh, for me, at number three, we have Sicario 2, Day of Soldado. Ooh, interesting. Um, you know, this is this is a film, actually, that, you know, you go on Rotten Tomatoes, I think it's sort of got 70% audience ratings and similar for critics. But I I, I, I love this film. Um, the two films above it are, you know, Oscar worthy, uh, Oscar nominated one of them um, films. Whereas this, I, I, I just thought it was fantastic. Like, I, I really can't tell you how, how much I enjoyed this film. Um, it was directed by uh, Stefanzo Salima, um, Benicio Del Toro and Josh Brolin uh, star in this film. And it's just an action packed thriller, but it's also a drama. Um, there's some real brutal violence in this real gritty um but every bullet fired every explosion has a purpose so a lot of modern action films they'll cut to a car chase no need for it they'll there'll be a building that will blow up oh look at this building blowing up very very visually effective yeah why was that building blown up you know so many modern films there is action and explosions and gunfire and murder and pillaging and plundering that is completely irrelevant to the plot whereas this has very graphic violence and I don't mind a film that has brutal graphic bloody violence if the brutal graphic bloody violence is is needed well it, yeah it has the purpose it it pushes the plot forward and it has consequences you know and a lot of films they don't have consequences for their actions and and, and this film does and yeah. and I think you're right to have that in there um, I think it's a fantastic film, and I think you you surprised me by how much you really loved it. But mm. um, especially since you didn't see Sicario, the first one. No, no, um, um, and I did. Um, and at, and on, on reflection, it's a very different film mm. as a sequel. And uh, the first film had Emily, Emily Blunt um, in, in it, and yeah, so yeah, very very different and and brilliant films. But very different, and, yeah. and and I think you're you're it's worthy to be in your top ten mm. for sure. Yeah, definitely check it out. Um, brilliant film, loved it. Number three for me is a quiet place. Do you remember seeing this in the cinema? Do you remember how quiet everybody was and how well behaved everybody was in the cinema? It was wonderful. It really was. It was a very unique experience going into a cinema where people had actually bought food, not realising what they're about to see, and were so respectful that they they they, they didn't, didn't actually, actually eat, eat it. it. And and I thought that was fantastic. And and the whole film itself was just amazing. John Krasinski, Krasinski, I can't even say his surname. <laughs> That's really bad. Krasinski. Krasinski is. A brilliant actor. He's usually a very funny man, but he is now a fantastic director, a fantastic writer. His wife, Emily Blunt, is amazing in this film. And I think she's had a great year, actually. She's had A Quiet Place at the start of the year and Mary Poppins Returns at the end of the year, bookending her year. Great she's, year for the... she's 
as good as they get, really. She's mm. phenomenal. She's at the top of her game. Um, and, you know... You know, I, she was, I think, either in a relationship and or married to Michael Bublé. When? Uh, I was watching a Michael Bublé documentary. Emily Blunt was in a relationship with Michael Bublé. Oh, Honestly. dear. Yeah. I'm glad that ended. Um, yeah, I was I was quite surprised. It was when he was, you know, so we're talking 10 years ago, sort of 2008, 2009. Bublé was, you know, pumping out albums, great albums, brilliant albums for fun. Emily Blunt was, you know... The, Do you like Bublé? Oh, I think Bublé's a genius. Really? Yeah. I mean, he he's he's... He's done everything I think he can do now. Michael Bublé's career now consists of being left in the freezer for 11 months, defrosting in <laughs> November, yeah. coming out, releasing a Christmas album, and then going back into into the freezer. Um, you know, Michael Bublé is the the troll of Christmas when it comes to Christmas albums. But no, I love Bublé. One of my favourite artists. Never seen any musician live, ever. You haven't seen any nope. musician live? What? Where Never. have you been living? Um... Under a rock? Hemel Hempstead. <laughs> no, but Michael Bublé is someone that I would see live. I think he's I think he's great. Out of all the artists, out of all the bands that you could see live... Bublé. You'd go and see Bublé? Mm. Really? Yeah. I can't think of anyone else who's worth seeing. I mean, I saw, I've seen Oasis, I've seen Noel yeah. Gallagher, I've seen Elbow, I've seen some... I've seen some ama- I mean, Manic Street Preachers, I've seen some awesome bands, and you want to go and see Bublé? He's a genius. I don't know. I, don't, I can't agree with you on that. A genius. I mean, he's a genius in the sense that he's really getting a lot of money for Christmas time. <laughs> like I said, you know, he he has become in in a way. He's, you know, he's done what he had to do. But his voice is sensational. Oh, he's got a good voice, but it's and just, his music's brilliant. I mean, it's all right. It's pretty it's very it's samey. Pre- it's pretty spectacular. Yeah, but you can say that about all kinds of people. Their music's very samey. Yeah, but he's really samey. And the Beatles very samey. Oi. <laughs> <laughs> How have we gone off on this tangent? Only because Emily Blunt, I really do hope Emily Blunt, it was, no, it definitely was Emily Blunt. I'm right. Do you want to fact check this? No. I definitely remember, I watched the Buble documentary and it was definitely... You Emily. watched a documentary on Michael Buble? And yeah, I, I, it came out over Christmas. So it's <laughs> like... sake. Oh, no. I, I've, I've, I've sung every Christmas song in, in, a, in a jazz way. Now I've got to release a documentary. It, obviously, it wasn't made by him. Well, but no, why, doesn't, why doesn't he do a Christmas song in some sort of electronic no, funk? No, so, you know, like a Buble Christmas song is just singing a Christmas song in a really irregular jazzy rhythm. So it'll be like, yeah. jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle, jingle those bells all the way. <laughs> oh, well, what farm do you know what I mean? It's like, to ride ah. on the one horse open sleigh. Oh, those jingle, aren't the lyrics. Those bells. You know, it's like a, yeah. Buble, no. If you are listening, Michael, and you want to send me some free tickets, oh, I'd love to go. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> what is going on here? I feel like I don't know you anymore. Much better than that crook, McCartney. Oh, get out. Yeah, much better. I mean, McCartney is old. He's lost his voice now, but he is still one of the greatest musicians. Can't sing of all time. I'm winding you up. I know you are. He's got an all right voice. <clears throat> Should we move on? Yeah. Did uh, you do your number three? Yes. Um, Soldado. Oh, okay. And your number three was A Quiet Place, yes. which um, for me 
Oh, blimey, we went on a bit of a tangent there. Mm. Um, hopefully people enjoyed that. They've probably switched us off and put yeah, Michael yeah, yeah. Bublé on. Yeah, probably. Um, no, A Quiet Place, look, I, I, I think number three is far too high. I think you've had some sort of um, brain dysfunction. What? Um, what? It's definitely not the third best film of 2018. Yeah, but do you remember what I said? Yeah, I know, I know five what you're saying. Five to one are interchangeable. Yeah, uh, well, well, they're not because you put it in number three, but... <laughs> They can all move around. They are all really great films. A Quiet Place and Hereditary were both brilliant. Um, Hereditary was better, in my opinion. The ending no. was, was was ridiculous. No, but A Quiet Place was a very strange environment in the cinema when most of the film is literally silence. So any kind of movement, and normally my brother gets furious. You go to the cinema, trailers, no one's eating. Film starts. <laughs> popcorns opened and rustling and this it was dead quiet um, Emily Blunt's brilliant um, it was a very very good film um, but no way it should be at number three. Oh, hundred. Uh, you know what I'm sticking with that definitely number three number two then David go on so number two for me is the fantastic the superb three billboards outside Ebbing Missouri it is a national disgrace it is a catastrophe of national or international international disgrace a catastrophe of huge order that this film was uh snubbed snubbed at the oscars it it was nominated it was it was terrible what i'm joking <laughs> How dare you? Oh, God, the it, look of despair on it your was, face. It was a fantastic film directed by Martin McDonough, starring Francis McDormand, Woody Harlson, and Sam Rockwell. All three of those uh, actors gave career-defining performances in some ways, um, particularly Francis McDormand. She was sensational. But this is a film where I didn't cry, um, but you know, I, I, I very rarely do. Uh, I seem, I've shed enough tears. I'm, I'm empty. I'm, the tank is been drained um <laughs> but this is a film where you'll laugh and you'll cry and you'll go from laughing to crying to laughing to crying several times in the film you know mm. it's it's funny it's moving it's powerful it's really upsetting i mean the subject matter is is very very difficult um and, it, and it's just a a great film with brilliant acting uh, it's very well scripted. Again, it's got a good soundtrack. Um, and, you know, the, the the best films for me are films that you want to see again. And not only you want to see again, you can see again. I saw this film three times last year uh, and every time I enjoyed it more. Um, without a doubt, one of the best films of 2018. Um, and if you haven't seen Three Billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, I thoroughly, 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 thoroughly recommend it. Thoroughly. How much so? Very thoroughly. Okay. <laughs> you know what? No. Free Billboards is is a fantastic film and um it was vying to be in my top ten, but something stopped me. Um Your Insanity? No, I the, I the mean films... you're you're telling me a quiet place is better than three billboards. Yeah. Oh, you madman. In 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 the way that it's it's I t my top ten are in are films that I enjoyed. Mm. In a certain way, films that that I think I don't know. It was very difficult for me to do this. <laughs> very difficult, and and it was in my top ten, and it it snuck out. Don't forget, we came out of the cinema maybe three, four weeks ago. We were talking about this year's Oscars and last year's Oscars, and I think you said to me that you 
Yeah, well, yeah, I said it was in there. It was in there. Yeah, but also you said you you think it probably should have beaten um, Shape of Water. In a lot of ways, it should have done, yeah. Yes! Yes. Um, yeah, it doesn't get into your top ten. Craig, you're wrong. I I enjoyed The Shape of Water more than I enjoyed Free Billboards. I think it's a better made drama mm. than The Shape of Water, but it's a different film, completely different film, and it's a completely different genre. And I think genres play a part in the films that we love and you love dramas more than you love romantic love fantasies about people falling in love with fish people. And I quite enjoy those kind of films, I guess. I, I'm a big fan of Gomero del Toro and, and I shall continue to be a big fan. And, and I'll always root for his films. If it's, I, if I it's quite good. enjoy The Little Mermaid. I mean, that is, I suppose, that is a bloke falling in love with a fish girl. Yeah, very well made film. So my number two... <laughs> By the oh way, dear. folks, this um, this is a disgrace. Not the film he's picked, but in fact, this film didn't come out in 2018. So again, I apologise for Craig's terrible... We haven't even reviewed it yet, actually. So yeah, okay, I'm sorry. Green Book isn't released in the UK until the 30th of January 2019. However, we <laughs> it, it came out in the US in December, um, and actually we got an early preview of it in the UK. Um w- so I saw this film in 2018 and therefore this film is in my top 10 for 2018 because I saw it in 2018. Um, you know, that's that's it. And we haven't even reviewed it yet mm. because it's not going to be until week 27, 28. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but it's a it's a fantastic film, a really, really, really well made drama. And. Very funny, mm. uh, very poignant, and 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 a very beautiful, beautiful film. And mm. uh, we won't really say much more than that, other than it's nominated for five Golden Globes, uh, including uh, Best Actor in a Musical or Comedy Film, Supporting Actor in a Motion Picture, Musical or Comedy Motion Picture, Director of a Motion Picture, and Screenplay of a Motion Picture. That is saying something. Yeah. Um, and I, we actually, I can't wait to bring the review of this film to you guys because it is brilliant, and I, mm. I actually can't wait to see it again. Yeah, it's 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 it, it was a brilliant film. Um, you know, I'm I'm pretty sure this time next year it will be in my top ten for 2019. Um, I, I you know it's been nominated for a number of Golden Globes. I think it it will be nominated for a number of Oscars. Uh, I don't mm. think it will win Best Picture, but I certainly think it deserves a nomination. Um, very good film. Uh, a slightly ropey inclusion in best films of 2018, considering it's not yet out. Yeah, it, but alas, it it was released for one day in the UK. I will, I will, I will let Craig off now, folks. We come to number one, the best film in 2018 for me. And not only is this the best film of 2018, this is the best film of 2018 by some some distance. So last year, my favourite film was Three Billboards. Um, Last year? Oh. Sorry. The start of 2018, my favourite film was um, Three Billboards. The end of 2018, my favourite film, number one for me, is A Star Is Born. I'm getting very confused. It's because it's because it was up for the Oscars last year yeah, and it won the and, award. And also, I still think it's 2018 in my head because it was very early in January. But, yeah... Um, Three Billboards at number two. Number one for me is A Star Is Born. It is just a sensational film directed by Bradley Cooper, um, starring Bradley Cooper uh, and Lady Gaga. It's it's 
fantastic. I mean, when I saw the trailer, I actually got shivers down my spine. The trailer was fantastic. The trailer was very short, which I like. I hate long trailers. Um, seen a couple of films recently, which were basically uh, ruined by the excessively long trailer that gave us, you know, all of the key plot elements. Uh, the trailer for A Star Is Born didn't do that. Um, Bradley Cooper, brilliant director. Bradley Cooper, brilliant actor. Standout performance, Lady Gaga. She's sensational in this. And the sign of a good actor or actress is someone that is just natural. Yeah. Her performance is so good. It's so natural. It's so... It just seems effortless. It seems almost like she's not trying in, in some ways because it's just so natural. And it's, and it's not only comedic at times obviously she's a fantastic singer but we know that the emotion you know a number of times where she manages to to you know cry on, on cue um facial expressions um the silent scenes with bradley cooper where they're just looking at each other and the music by the way the music in this film is great and i, I mean really great i've I, you know i listen to the to the soundtrack not all the time, because that would be odd. But after you finish um, seeing the film quite a few times... You know, but I, yeah. there's a number of uh, songs that I've added in ver a variety of playlists. You know, you've got emotional songs, you've got upbeat songs, you've got rock songs, you've got ballads, you've got um, almost like sort of one song that's quite sort of jazzy, um, which Lady Gaga does on a piano. That, um, I'm alone in my room. In my house. In my house? Yeah. Oh, um, okay. Actually, I think you hit the right notes there. Well done. Um, <laughs> no, it's it, it, it's a great film. This must, 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 must win Best Picture yeah. at the 2019 Oscars. It simply must. At the moment, the bookies have it clear favourite. Second favourite is Roma, which I think is laughable, really. Um, I, I just don't think that's worthy of a nomination, let alone winning Best Picture. Um, Green Book... Uh, and Black Klansman are, are, are two other films that I think should be nominated, but they don't come close. This is a a film that I think in 5, 10, 15, 20 years, people will look back and go, do you know what? That was a very, very special film. Mm. If you haven't seen A Star Is Born, go and see it. You know what? I think it's still showing in the cinemas. It, yeah. that, it's that good that they... they, they... They've extended uh, the the screenings. Um, you know, there might not be that many on still, but mm. it's still showing in the cinema because there is still people wanting to go and see it again and again and again and again. I mean, it's probably coming out on DVD fairly soon or, or digital download of some sort. Um, but you know what? It, I wanted to leave, wait until you said you're number one because I wanted to talk about it in, in more detail. And Bradley Cooper, as a director as a first-time director, has done something mm. amazing. Um, he's taken the concept of A Star Is Born, you know, the original three films before that, and made it into a modern masterpiece mm. and given it more emotional pull than ever before. It's He's taken uh, another singer and turned her into an actress now, for the for the for the big screen, I mean, she was great. She was been in uh, she's been in TV shows before. She's done other acting before, but now she is recognised as an actress. Mm. And if she doesn't win Best Actress at the Oscars, um, it would be it would be a shame. But if she loses out against someone like Glenn Close, I wouldn't be angry. But mm. it's a close call, um, and you know, it's a fantastic film. It really, really, really is. Just one other point on A Star Is Born. Obviously, we mentioned uh, Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga, but um, 
Sam Elliott is also in this film, rocking a very dapper moustache. He plays uh, Bradley Cooper's character's brother, um, and he's he's brilliant. Mm. He's really really brilliant. I cannot think of 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 a better piece of you know casting than than getting him to play that role. He's just great, and the interaction he has with Bradley Cooper, the interaction he has with Lady Gaga. Um, there's one particular speech in the film that. I think iconic already. Is it the twelve notes? Yeah, yeah. The, the twelve notes uh, scene, which is not only beautifully written, you know, and so true, but so well delivered. Um, his you know, voice is yeah. His voice is epic. Um, epic. Yeah, you know, he he will be nominated for best supporting actor at the Oscars, no doubt. He's not favourite to win. I believe your mate, um, what's my his, mate. Yeah, you know the guy you always bang on about for beautiful boy. Timothy Charlemagne. Timothy Charlemagne is favourite to win Best Supporting Actor, um, but but Sam Elliott was was brilliant in it. Look, this is a this is a wonderful film. I've seen it three times in the cinema, and every time I've seen it, I've enjoyed it more because there's little things in the script, there's little things in the plot that you miss out on, um, and it and and the music is very very addictive and very well made. Yeah. Um, How much are you back in this one? Great, <laughs> great. Finally, get reveal this. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I have a, a considerable sum of money on this to to win best. You have a lot riding on this uh, to win best picture at the Oscars. Um, I've been investing for many, many months since about August, um, and I've watched the 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 odds come down and down. Well, and you down. were adamant that First Man mm. was going to be. The one to be. Do, do you know what? First Man doesn't even get into my top 10. It was phenomenal acting from um, Claire Foy and um, uh, and Ryan Gosling. And it's, it's very well shot. Um, but no, it was unfortunately just a disappointing cinema experience. You, you left feeling empty. Um, and I think that's more to do with the plot yeah. and to do with the story because the cinematography was amazing and we re- I really went on about that, you mm. know, from the 16mm to 35mm to, to IMAX and how that progressed with the times yeah. that they, they were living in. And it, that doesn't make it worthy enough to go into any of our top 10 because whilst it was... A a true story. It was far too true. Mm. Um, there well, was this, no this, embellishments. I mean, this, and, this is... and that was unfortunate because <clears throat> I, I can't really say that because it, it's it's true. It's such a true story, mm. and it is such an achievement as well. But it it just made you 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 left the cinema feeling empty. Yeah, it it's so basically loyal and true to to real life events. It it looks at Neil Armstrong who's fundamentally quite a lonely man mm. um achieves his lifelong ambition of getting to the moon um and and is still fundamentally lonely um and and it has the same problem that i think roma has so you know roma beautifully shot well directed um but as a piece of cinema not particularly enjoyable F- first man was far more enjoyable and there were moments in the film where i thought here it goes here it goes it's really going to hit home and it it overwhelms you and completely underwhelms you at the same time. The reason I thought it was potentially going to win Best Picture, obviously uh, Damien Chazelle has been nominated for um, Whiplash, La La Land. Uh, you know he's a brilliant uh, upcoming 
uh, uh, director. Uh, it was it was the bookie's favourite, but unfortunately, it, it just flopped. Um, you know, I said to you, I I said from the very beginning that Star is Born is the one to back. From the very, very beginning, from the day that I first saw that trailer, I was like, this is the one. And you kept saying, nope, first man. And I was right, because you've now backed it quite significantly. Yeah. From the trailers, I I really thought First Man looked very, very impressive once I'd seen it. But as soon as I saw A Star is Born, as soon as I saw that full uh, film, I thought, this is the film to beat. And nothing is near it. Nothing comes close. Nothing comes close. The only film that the bookmakers think has a chance of beating it is Roma. And I'm afraid that's just nonsense because it's nowhere near as good a film. Well, going into my number one, you were never really here. And you you really probably will disagree that it is number one on here, but it isn't a commercial piece. It isn't like A Star Is Born. It isn't a Hollywood Oscar bait film. This This is a very unique piece of cinema and one that combines... Uh, cinematography, um, st- a sort of very strange but brilliant story, um, and 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 a really great soundtrack as well. And Whacking F- Phoenix is just superb mm. in this film. He his grip on the reality of what he, what his character is playing. I mean, it, he's a completely different person because the film that we saw him after this was Mary Madeline, which. <laughs> was ridiculous but he takes on <laughs> he takes on the persona of those characters mm. in a way that only he sees fit and he he owned this film he mm. really did and uh i think lim ramsey is an absolutely brilliant director i think she 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 she's a great writer as well and um a number of awards that she's already won for this film so at Cannes film festival in 2017 she won best screenplay uh whacking phoenix won uh best actor at Cannes as well for mm. this film um it's won british independent film award for best music with for johnny greenwood um and british film award for best sound as well in a film and i think those two have a very good distinction because obviously sound and music in terms of, of in the film is the sound track is obviously the music, but then there's also the sound bed. So there's the Foley sound, the sound of footsteps. And it was so well done and so built up that you were fully immersed in this film. And there's not that much dialogue in this film either. And it's another one of those films like Leave, Leave No Trace where you're shown a lot of things rather than, than told. And I, I, this is my, this is, I think this is one, I say they're interchangeable. I think this is definitely my number one film. I, I loved it. I really, really loved it. Yeah, it was num- number 10 for me, um, for, for all of the reasons you've just explained. I mean, I don't think it's, for, for me, it's not number one. It's not anywhere near as good as Three Billboards or um, A Star Is Born. But, you know, Whacking Phoenix is an incredible actor. Um, I, I don't think I've ever seen him give a, give a bad performance um, and the, beautifully shot. Uh, and Johnny Greenwood's soundtrack is the best soundtrack of the year by a mile. So look, best, I, better than, better than the star is warm. It's, it's a different type of soundtrack, isn't it? Well, you just said it's the best soundtrack of the year. In, soundtrack. Yes. But I'm talking, you know, it's, it's, a soundtrack in terms of you know musical scores that are playing over the top of 
of of the film. Hmm. You know, in terms of the best album of the year, that's different though, isn't it? But they're both soundtracks. My, it, they're both soundtracks, but they're they're they're, they're, they're you can't compare them. I think you can, in terms of they're both soundtracks. Number one, number two. Yeah, yes, but, it's a score. I get what you're saying. It's a, it's 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 probably best score for you mm. rather than best original music. Mm. So Mary Poppins is an original is a musical. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. A Star Is Born is a musical in a sense that. So you know, A Star Is Born, the music is vastly superior to Mary Poppins. It's vastly superior to um, The Greatest Showman. But for me. You'll never really hear in terms of a soundtrack. I think it's the best score, the best. You know, it's very. Ha- it's like Hans Zimmer. I think it's in a completely different league to everything else um, this year. You know, I think it's um, it's better than Journey's End. I think it's better than uh, Sicario Two, which also has very good soundtracks, very good scores. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. But I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to give fuel to your fire with this being number one. Yeah, no, you. It's just. I mean, you're trying to detract because you're saying that a Star Is Born is better, but it's a different because a Star Is Born is. <laughs> I'm just winding you is, up. Is, is 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 music? It's pop music. It's rock music. It's country music. This is a film score. As a, I mean, it's still music at the end of the day, though, and it's still a soundtrack. So you can't, you can't, you can put them in the same category, and I think the soundtrack is is. Okay, it's different, if, if, but better. If, if we're going to put them in the same category, A Star Is Born is better. So you've just shot yourself in the foot. We, no, I haven't. You said it was it was the best soundtrack of the year in terms of film <laughs> scores. It's it's like comparing an apple and an orange. They're both fruit, you know, but they're different types of fruit. Yeah, different genre. But it's the same with all these films. They're all different genres, but we put them into the it's, same category as top ten. Mm. Oh, I think I've superseded you there a little I'm bit. I'm just not going to argue with you. You're not, well, you don't have to argue with me. If Right, okay, here's a question. In my right hand, I have a Star is Born soundtrack. In my left hand, I have um, You Were Never Really Here soundtrack. One of these is going to be deleted from, from, from the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. Which one would you delete from the face of the earth? I would delete uh, a Star is Born. Oh, dear. <laughs> well, Do you know why I would delete a Star Is Born? I'm sure you're going to tell me because it's winding you up. Well, it's working. Look, <laughs> I'm trying to agree with you that it's a fantastic soundtrack, and in terms of its style, in terms of a you know a, 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 a music in the background of a film, I think it's the best of the year. You know, it's better than Journey's End. It's better than um, Sicario Two: Day of Soldado, which has that very eerie soundtrack. I think. Every song in on on the soundtrack, every piece of music was really well done and and they're very listenable. A Star Is Born's soundtrack, not every song on that album, I think, is good. I I yeah, I mean the one where she talks about her pants or whatever it was. That song, what song was that? Something about her jeans or something. Um, why does your ass look so good in those jeans? Something like that. Yeah, I but mean, that's supposed, supposed to be bad. To be. It's satire, isn't it? Yes, but it's that's the whole point. I know. It's it. it but that's it's not why a song so, that I that, want to listen. No, to, you don't. That's the whole point. You know, and and Bradley Cooper's character. 
Hates it as well. Hates it. <laughs> and and as an audience, we're not supposed to like it because she goes from this sort of un un mainstream gem with her own music to that horrific British man giving her this makeup, this hair, and basically turning her into Lady Gaga. Why is the British person always the evil person in these? They're not always. Um, It's such a stereotype. It's normally the Russians. Russians. Yeah, you're right. Um, Nonetheless, I think we can both agree. (laughs) I think we should do our top 10 rundown. Go on, you do yours. So for me... Ladies and gentlemen, the top 10 films of 2018 are number 10, You Were Never Really Here, 9, Black Klansman, 8, Hereditary, 7, The Wife, 6, Journey's End, 5, Searching, 4, Love, Simon, 3, Sicario 2, The Day of Soldado, 2, 3 Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, And at number one, the best film of 2018 and one of the best films in the last 10 years, in my opinion, A Star Is Born. And my top 10 films of 2018 are as follows. Number 10, Isle of Dogs. Number 9, Black Klansman. Number 8, The Shape of Water. Number 7, Searching. Number 6, The Rider. Number 5, Leave No Trace. Number 4, A Star Is Born. Number 3, A Quiet Place. Number 2, Green Book. And at number 1, for me, You Were Never Really Here. Wow. Welcome to 2019, David, and uh, I think that's uh, we can finish this here, really. Yeah, so thank you very much for listening. Please do get in contact with us with your thoughts on this episode. Let us know your top 10 films of 2018. You can do that via Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, or Craig. They can email us at... You can't remember that, can you? Of course I can. I'm just asking you. The email address is mymailisworthit at isitworthitpodcast.com. Mymailisworthit at isitworthitpodcast.com. If you let us know what films you've seen recently, let us know what you thought about it, the experience of seeing it in the cinema. Uh, you could then win yourself two tickets to see any film at any Cineworld in the UK, valued for six months and can be used at IMAX, Superscreen, 4DX, various different mm. uh, screen options for you. Uh, and uh, you'll you'll be able to get those digitally mm. with a nice code and and obviously as as you've heard from me and Craig picking a top 10 for for the year is very it's very hard. difficult it's hard so if, if you can't quite manage a top 10 just let us know possibly not in any particular order but your, your favorite two or three films of the year uh, give us a tweet or, or or an email we'll read it out on the show and as always you like Craig said could win some free tickets so uh, from me and from Craig, we just like to wish you uh, a very happy and prosperous new year. Uh, and we look forward to bringing you uh, all of the films, reviewing all of the films, even the bad ones, um, and letting you know exactly what is worth seeing in the cinema in 2019. Goodbye. <laughs> you need help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,